When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOFD, you'll be all set when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOFD. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 or older and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio. one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. Starting a series tonight that I think is going to be very entertaining. It's talking to a bunch of very avid Ravens fans about what are the problems that they see with the Ravens coming up for the 2021 season. And the very first one is Zach Weinberg. Zach, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Ken. Tell folks a little bit about where they can talk football with you. Sure, yeah. I'm on Twitter at, at ZWeinberg18. Uh, Weinberg is W-E-I-N-B-E-R-G. That's probably the the best place to reach out to me, and I'm always happy to uh, you know talk football, particularly analytics and data around football. I tend to be a, a data nerd. I've kind of fallen into that accidentally, so uh, in my career. So I'm trying to embrace it as well in uh, football. We'll be talking about that a lot. You're in data science directly, You're a mathematician, or otherwise. What are you- uh, yeah, I'm a business analyst now. I don't have a theoretical background in it. I didn't study it, mm-hmm. but uh, just in my job, it became a need and I filled it. And so I'm kind of doing that now. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Well, Zach, tell us what, what is the problem that you see with the 2021 Ravens? Yeah, I think one problem that is a little bit of a sneaky one is is our ability to cover tight ends in pass defense. It's not a new problem. It's been around for the Ravens mm-hmm. for um, a while, even, even in the C.J. Mosley era and he was obviously one of the better for us in terms of coverage but even in that era we still had some trouble and the ravens really are going to get uh tested right out of the gate 
week one is Waller, week two is Kelsey, week three is Hawkinson. So um, that's going to be something that we'll learn right away. And I think there are a lot of ways that we could improve in this from past years, mm-hmm. but there are also a lot of it's also a lot of projection, and so there's some risk there. Uh, so are you, are you, is your problem mostly based on what the Ravens did in 2019 and feeling, or sorry, 2020 and feeling like it won't be different this year? Um, not so much that it won't be different per se. I mean, that, that's part of it, but, it, it, but also that the ways that, that the plan to fix it are based off of, of projections of improvements from players or new players stepping in that may or may not actually work out. Um, you know, in 2019, we kind of had a similar problem and, and by adding binds and other players, it kind of fixed it on the fly, but that's mm-hmm. hard to repeat. So um, if it doesn't work out again, if, you know, like a queen doesn't step forward, those kinds of things, then we could end up in some trouble again. Queen, queen, a player, you know, we all hope will move forward. And we saw evidence from that first preseason game that the downhill skills are there, both on the sack and the nice play on the outside. Um, we, I don't think we've yet seen that, that he's learned how, what's going on behind him in coverage or some of the other you know, problems he's had in terms of figuring out bunch responsibilities off the line of scrimmage, for example, really remembering the difference between zone and man responsibilities sometimes off the line of scrimmage. What else would you see as a problem? Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I, what worries me about it with Queen is that, you know, he also had the tackling issue. That seems a little easier to focus on and address in practice. It's really mechanical, you know, got to make sure you square up you've got to make sure you've got the right you know you wrap up those kinds of things it's a little harder to simulate learning the coverages you kind of just have to be in the moment and recognize it and do that a bunch of times um so i I worry that if he isn't able to take that leap forward this year you know at the inside linebacker position i don't really think there's there's a lot behind him that could do that you know malik harrison that's definitely not his role mm-hmm. fort kind of can do it oh you know he's fine but i don't get the sense that at harbaugh and and the coordinators really want to use him that much so yeah, that, I, so i don't know if they you know have someone else who can do it if he can't yeah I, I agree with you that fort in 2019 he certainly came in and he was boy he was the glue that held the defense together on third down in a lot of ways uh but but i think that that we've seen in 2020, from 2019 to 20, enormous drop, drop in dime coverage from 42% down to 15 and change. Um, I'm really expecting that to be reversed. Are you kind of assuming that when you talk about that? Because Chris Board, for example, last year, who played a lot of those very high leverage snaps, is definitely not the guy you want covering a tight end. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I do expect that. And I think that's the other part of my concern is we have some people that we are optimistic about as a, a dimebacker, but but it's all again projection. Mm-hmm. Geno Stone, who couldn't you know stick on the roster this year, he looks much better so far. Um, but you know, until you're in that live fire, it's really hard to say. Brandon Stevens is a rookie who's you know been a DB for like two years basically. So same kind of thing. We're like we're optimistic about him. He looks pretty good so far, but until Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey are doing what they do, it's hard to know how they'll react. Yeah, I, that's a great point. We, we really don't. I, I, what I like about the Ravens secondary this year, and this goes broader than just covering the tight ends, is that they have so much to choose from. They'd really have to mess it up pretty badly not to have a very good back end this year. 
I mean, they, they, yeah, there, there are questions about Tavon Young returning, for example, in the mm-hmm. slot. But there's two good slot corners behind him in Ardarius Washington and Sean Wade that I think either one of them will be a, at least an above-average NFL slot corner. Yeah, and it, and and also allow um, Humphrey to stay outside this yes. year for once, and and you know take another step forward uh, from his past years. Um, I think that's exactly right. You know, it's I think the DBs have clearly been one of the the brightest spots in you know training camp, and um, you know hopefully they can find a way to keep most, if not all, of the of these guys. Um, but uh, you know, you know, I do. I, I think going back to tight ends um, and, and just the quality of tight ends that we face um, so early, you know, I, I do, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's probably not the smoothest past path you would have projected for a Stevens or or an Ardarius Washington to say like, okay, go cover Waller right now and go cover Kelsey in your first game and second game. Yeah, I, well, that's that's certainly true. One way in which tight ends beat you, and this is certainly the 2019 Ravens way, was to have lots of uh, play action. And uh, play action, particularly out of the gun, was particularly effective for that team in terms of making people account for Lamar Jackson, causing extra read steps uh, from that linebacker, occasionally just forcing a linebacker to run out of position or an edge player. Um, but, but getting that ball quickly over the middle, usually to Mark Andrews, but also to other, other players as well with Boyle and, and uh, Hurst on the team that year, proved to be a real winner. I, I wonder if other teams will look at the Ravens as a team where one of the ways to beat them is with 12 personnel. Is it Not, not too many teams really can even play 13 personnel. The Ravens can do it, but, the, but a lot of teams can play 12, and they can, they can decide how they want to split it, and the Chiefs are certainly one of those teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's definitely something, you know, because we are definitely a team that philosophically builds the defense back to front, right? Like, we've got these great cornerbacks. We really invest there. Um, so we want to play those more DB heavy packages um, and more of the time that's where we're comfortable and we really want to just let the, the front line kind of handle the run as much as they can on their own. So if you can force the Ravens to put on extra linebackers, you know, that is something that where it's like Malik Harrison's going to have to be able to take a step forward um, if he's going to have to play more snaps because they're playing, you know, 12 personnel or tight end heavy. It's kind of ironic. Yes, it takes a step forward by being able to know how to take a step backward. Exactly. Yeah, so, uh, but the, in, in the 12 personnel, the Ravens' big um, way to combat that in recent years, and I'm not saying it's worked tremendously well, was to play big nickel where they would play three safeties and two corners on the field when the other team had 12 personnel. And they knew a lot of these times that a tight end would be split. And oftentimes that was a guy like Kelsey with Bell on the field in line for Kansas City who would be split out and then they, they would end up with a safety covering him directly. Not a terrible situation, honestly. You know, you, you could uh, either a safety or a corner on Kelsey is, you know, no one's going to have a great chance against him. But but at least yeah. with a with a safety, you got a bigger body. Yeah, and, and that's where like Brandon Stevens or someone like that being able to step in so that they really have those safeties that they're comfortable putting mm-hmm. on so they can play big nickel and feel comfortable with that. They can play the dime so that when they know they're up against someone who's going to split out their tight end a reasonable amount, they are comfortable getting the right person on the field, someone who can manage both the size and speed combination as best as possible. 
Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. It's great, great stuff. You you bring so much to the table in this discussion. Um, how about uh, um, talking about the Ravens' safeties? One of the things that always comes up is is there room for players like Levine and Richards anymore on the team when you've got young guys? I mean, Stone's two interceptions. Uh, I had other things I liked about him for their back end play, but he'll certainly contribute to a dime package probably on the back end while somebody else is up there like Clark could be a great dime back in 2019 um does does it make sense anymore that Levine and Richards can make the team when you have choices like Stone and like Ardarius Washington uh and also Stevens obviously being the first first uh safety off the bench how do you how do you work out a deep safety position like that yeah I personally don't really see a a spot certainly for Richards um Mm -hmm. Levine it's so hard because you know he's 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 such a great leader and he's got such a great story you know st- he kind of started as a special teamer worked his way into the defensive rotation and and now he's you know a special teams leader um but even with him it's going to be really hard it just doesn't seem like they trust him in the back end anymore even at the dime roll and um with with Stevens and Stone and Washington all showing things in training camp it's hard to find a, a you know a spot for him i think if one, if like one of those three kind of looked like they weren't, they really weren't ready. I mean, we saw that with Stone last year, obviously, where he he you know clearly wasn't ready. Um, then I think they could have found a spot with Levine. But if if all three of them look like they're ready to contribute, then you know I, it's going to be really hard to to right. keep leaving Levine on. Yeah, I'm I'm at the point, even though they guaranteed Richards a little money this year, that I don't think they can keep Richards. And in, in Levine's case, I'm I'm ninety two percent sure he's going to be cut on August 31st anyway, but he may rejoin. And then they they do have some other games they can play in terms of if somebody gets a little bit dinged up, they might put them on a three-week IR, and maybe that guy is Stone, maybe it's Washington, but somebody they can can say, well, we want the depth there so we can sit Levine, no one's going to sign him, we can sneak this guy into the roster, IR and bring him back when we need him. Yeah, I really like the three-week IR rule, but one of the things it does is it it really changes how you think about injuries because, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you say, like, okay, it's a week-to-week injury, but with only three weeks required on IR, a week-to-week injury, you still might say, you know what, let's just stash him for three weeks. Yeah. We'll know he'll be ready by then, and we can we can get that roster spot and not carry someone that we know is going to be inactive for a week or two. Right. Um, it's a, it's, it really adds to the decision-making in season that I think it, it will be a lot of fun. It's like a waterfall process because you, you have your you have most of your basic 47, you know, and then you have a couple spots on the outside that you don't know. And then you have your couple IR spots that you can make kind of work around with. And then you, know, you have this fluid to call up um, practice squad situation as well that, that gives you more depth you can do there. Now, unfortunately, they probably could carry a player like Levine on the practice squad, maybe. Maybe there's some other team that just needs a special teamer so badly, or maybe there's a team that's playing the Ravens yeah. that could take him out, which I think is the, the you know the New England way. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think it it, it would be risky to try to to stash Levine on on uh, the practice squad. He just given how much how re- much respect he has in the Ravens organization, I think a lot of other teams would find it very tempting to to stash to uh, snag him up when they're going to play the Ravens. 
Well, if you're gonna, if you're going to do that, I mean, Richards probably knows just as much, and Richards is the guy they move around from L1 to R5 in terms of the kickoff coverage. So he really knows the ins and outs of of, of how the Ravens want to cover kicks and whatnot. I, I would I, I even though I don't think he really has any value to the Ravens. I think that the the, the Ravens are going to really have to ask themselves, okay, who might want him Mm -hmm. and maybe that team has not the most favorable waiver position but they could trade him essentially for a conditional pick that would end up being nothing right and maybe trade him to the nfc if they could get that done that could be the case with levine too by the way yeah yeah definitely with richards i think i you know i I think he's definitely someone who will get taken you know on waivers or or immediately after um it's it's just a case where there's really no room for him so you just have to to live with that i think if you could flip him for another uh you know get that conditional seventh that we traded for oliver back or something like that that would be Mm -hmm. you know definitely uh you know nice for someone who's definitely going to be taking your special teams intel and going with it somewhere else with it is there a, let's get back to the tight end situation because I think there's one more thing I kind of want to go over and that is is there anything about it that it could be a secret sauce the Ravens use or could perhaps the Ravens suffer because they use so much flexibility in their pass rush uh, that this might either tighten it up or that the ability to drop an outside linebacker maybe makes them uh, more able to cover tight ends. And I do have one thing along those lines, but I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, I, that's, I think that's an interesting question with the outside linebackers. Um, with Bowser, you know, he's going to need to take on a lot more responsibility, um, not just in pass coverage, which obviously he's been very strong, but in pass rushing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, does that end up, you know, could they, it, you know, if, if always really not ready to handle, um, you know, dropping back into in a coverage he looked okay um Mm -hmm. in the first game but if he's really not ready to handle and you know if something were you know to happen to Hayes you know god forbid then there's really only Bowser who can drop into coverage so if you if you don't if you lose that that can potentially lose that flexibility the flexibility that Wink loves so much if if you know you're relying too heavily on Bowser both for pass coverage and pass rush yeah, I, I I was thinking of Oway too in one sense that he dropped off the line of scrimmage to cover Ty Montgomery effectively in the slot, and when that happened, I mean Ty Montgomery was no doubt a very fast player coming out of college, but it's been a few years now. You know, he's obviously played for the Ravens. We know who he is. He's not as fast as Oway, not nearly anymore. He's probably two tenths of a second slower in the forty at this point. So it's not like Oway couldn't cover him it's that he he kind of lost him between level two and three and and that that would be something that's something always going to really have to understand how to do is read that route concept off the line of scrimmage try and figure out what the opponents are trying to do by what the other receivers are running in terms of routes um the other thing that i think the ravens have to combat tight ends maybe is the ability to use that lateral movement when they have multiple drops from the line of scrimmage so they simulate pressure or they bring guys who are who they, they blitz and drop at the same time. Mm-hmm. And we saw that in the very first play of last year uh, with, with Calais Campbell moving laterally across the line of scrimmage, tips the football, Humphrey for the interception, and uh, you know the Ravens were off and running defensively for last year. But I thought that, that that is another way that they can at least address some of the tight end coverage weaknesses is some of that kind of a, of a shifting lateral movement from the line of scrimmage to, to drops. Yeah, I think uh, Queen taking a bit of a even just a little step forward could also yeah. help with that by making them more comfortable you know dropping someone back because queen can pass rush or pass cover and and 
provide that kind of deception. I'd, I'd kind of be interested to see Matavike try to mm-hmm. to do what Campbell did uh, a little bit. He's, he's got the kind of speed that I think would allow him to be able to do that. Um, and, 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 you know, by, from all accounts, it seems like Matabike is going to take a big step forward uh, mm-hmm. this this year. And, and if that's the case, I, I'd be interested to see him kind of do that a little bit and provide yeah, that extra the, deception. The older guys have to really do it with length. Obviously, Wolf and Campbell, uh, you know, are, they're okay to drop the line of scrimmage. Brandon Williams probably has done it three times a season or something. It's not a very common thing for, for him to drop from the line of scrimmage. And it's probably, honestly, not very useful yeah. either. Uh, but but yeah, it's uh, if if you if you're really picking the guys, it's outside linebackers. It, it'd be Queen himself when he's showing a gap blitz and the ability to drop. He's the guy who can make up a lot of lateral movement. And you know, you think back to eras past when when whenever you hear a quarterback saying, "Didn't even see that guy," it's usually a guy moving from the other side of the field laterally that closes that window to to do that. Yeah, with Queen, you know, that's that's where taking that being being more comfortable in pass coverage is really important is it's harder to have to be to trust him bluffing an A-gap blitz and then dropping into coverage mm-hmm. if he's already struggling when he's in his spot yes. to drop. <laughs> yes. So so if he can take that step forward, that gives you the more flexibility of like okay, we can play around with Queen more and trust that he'll get back to a spot. Um, when, when we're playing those games. And I think Dime also helps with that flexibility as well when you have some, you know, especially since we're so willing and we have guys who really like rushing the passer from mm-hmm. from safety, from corner. Um, you can you can move more pe- people around that way and, and still drop people in the coverage. Yeah, we, we saw Stone on the back end. We've seen Clark plenty on the front end to know that he can play that dime back role when he's needed to. But that is the one thing that I'm still a little bit curious about Levine is, you know, we, we heard about injuries last year um, and, and they, they obviously didn't have him on the field, even though they did for the first two weeks. And it seemed like, well, it, it has to be injury related because they just have nobody else. No matter what you think of Levine at this point, they just they had nobody else. They're playing Chris Board as this proxy dime role. I'm still interested to see if Levine could return to strictly a short middle zone role where where he would have that that dime back role and and be a guy who reads the quarterback, guy who gets in the lane. He doesn't have to do much in the way of covering people man for man, but the last time he did do it regularly in 2018, you know, he had, he had a fantastic year doing that. Yeah. Yeah, he, he you know that the, that sequence against the Steelers is mm-hmm. is a uh, like iconic at this point. Um, yeah. uh, you know, I think the thing for Levine is is does his physical limitation at this point end up outweighing what he can bring mentally just with his experience relative to Stevens to Stone. Mm-hmm. So I think Levine could end up getting more of a dime role if we get a few games into the season and, you know, S- Stevens or Stone have started to show like some, you know, mental errors and just misreading coverages and things yeah. like that, where, okay, even though Levine's not quite as physically gifted at this point as Stevens, as Stone, um, you know, we just need someone who knows what's going on and can be in the right spot for now. And, and that, that would be how I think he could get back into the defense. Yeah, absolutely. Zach, terrific conversation here. Really appreciate this. this is exactly what I'm looking for. Uh, I hope you can come on again and, and, uh, and do another topic with us sometime. I'd love that. I really appreciate you having me on, Ken. 
All right, Zach. Uh, other folks, if you're looking to do a, a similar show like this, a film study short, and you'd like to talk about weaknesses for the 2021 Ravens, this will be up sh- soon enough that you'll still have time to get in and and uh, and do a show, and we'll get all of these posted by the time opening day starts, and then we can start looking forward in a positive way to the to the season. And uh, and what are you expecting from it, Zach? Uh, I, I'm pretty optimistic about this season. I think we'll see a, a pretty good year. Um, I do think I, I am actually pretty confident in the DBs and figuring that out. And um, you know, I, I'm worried about the O line, uh, just given how mm-hmm. the, the reports continue to be negative, and that 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 stresses me a little bit. Um, you know, I'm I'm hoping that the fact that Lamar isn't doing the things he does in, in a game in practice is maybe reducing their ability to play the o-line you know maybe that lamar once he's once we get into games and he starts doing those things will help mask some of the issues we're seeing in practice right now where when the defense really isn't worrying that much about those things right i i hope that's uh i I hope that's true lamar has not looked bad in practice honestly the whole year had a couple interceptions today but but uh has honestly looked pretty good when he's been there which has been a little bit a little bit a little bit uh, limited amount of time. Yeah. Zach, uh, we got to say goodbye here, but uh, great having you on. Thank you. It was a really great time, and I uh, appreciate the, the invite. We'll talk to you next time on Film Study. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.